myself and <laughs> hi my name is kevin <laughs> yeah okay five four three two one and we're live you're tuning to cosmic children today no, that's, I mean, Hi, my name is Kevin. I'm your host. <laughs> we have a special guest with we us have a today. Special uh, guest we have today. A special guest with <laughs> okay. us today. Five, four, three, two, one, and we're live. You're tuning into Cosmic Children. I'm your host, Kevin, and today I have a special guest in the studio with me. Oh, hell special yeah. guest. Could you please introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Kevin. <laughs> as, if, as if I'm the genius mastermind <laughs> behind this podcast. No, uh, my name is Nicholas. Okay. I am a painter and an installation artist. And for those of you who don't know, I was also a co-host quite a while back. Yeah, like way, way back. Way back. Good times, good yeah. times, good times. So yeah. you do a lot of things. I what, try. <laughs> what have you been busy with these days? Um. Well, COVID has been wild right okay it's been insane um i think a lot of things have changed uh prior to covid you know i was doing a lot more, i was doing quite a number of commercial installations or at least i was having conversations about doing commercial installations like which could be like brand activations or or, or different things for different campaigns or for different people um i think once covid happened that kind of dipped, mm. which is predictable, right? You can't meet as much. Uh, everyone's kind of like refiguring out what to do with their with their brands, with their identities. So I started to look a lot more at myself and my practice. Mm-hmm. Um, to to expand a bit on my practice, there are essentially like a few a- like facets to it, which is that I have a core which I make my my artworks, which are essentially the combination of my lived experience, which results in my sensibility, my personal sensibility. Okay. And that personal sensibility is something that I apply into the works that I make. So those those are probably like centric around where I'm at in my life. And then I have all these like commercial gigs and I have these like collaborations and I see, the way I see them as um, I, I look at it like experiences that sort of contribute to the growth and development of said sensibility. Okay. So I think when um, when I when when life started stagnating with uh, COVID, you know, we were all stuck at home. We couldn't go out. Mm. We were all like in the same place. Life started to get a bit more like mundane yeah. and clinical. Yep. Repetitive. Uh, really. Repetitive. Definitely. So. Uh, I essentially took the time to like introspect and re relook, or like yeah, relook at at where I'm at, mm-hmm. and just very uh, it was like serendipitous timing. Um, I started working with a, with a gallery Yavus, mm-hmm. and they were talking about a solo show. So as I was doing this introspection, I was making all these works. Uh, a solo show came into the works which allowed me to sort of like set set some sort of timeline for myself. Mm. And and this was last year. This was like for the second half of last year. And essentially I spent the whole second half of last year trying to like figure out how to put everything that I have become up to that point into a body of works that cohesively embodies everything that I was trying to look at. 
mm-hmm. you know, like ideas of movement or light, you know, whatever static or moving or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and into like a cohesive body of works that when shown together kind of like encapsulates this effective environment that kind of has an impact. It changes the space and it changes the viewer's perception of the space. Yeah. Yeah. So I essentially did that up till Feb- February. Yeah, the show was in January for Singapore Arts Week, and uh, to an amazing crowd that came, it was it was spectacular. And then, um, yeah, in February, yeah, the show ended, and basically since then, I've been relooking at that process. I mean, the first, the first solo show is kind of like, in my opinion, like a somewhat easy one. There's no one knows really what to expect, mm. and I I don't know what to expect, so I just put out whatever I whatever. I feel is right yeah. at that time. And now when I think about where my practice is going, I guess it's re-looking again at how my life has changed since then and looking at the new experiences that I'm making now and thinking of how I want to sort of reconcile everything together cohesively. Yeah. Yeah, without completely abandoning like the original train of, train of thought and the original concepts that I had approached because those are you know, uh, core to mm. my practice. Yeah. When you say that your practice revolves around your lived experience, are you thinking about yourself as an individual or are you thinking about like a persona they are trying to 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 showcase different facets of this particular personality that is external to you? See, you? I love that question because mm. I believe that personas we put on are part of ourselves. It's okay. like something we can't escape from. Mm-mm. So... You know, I think at the end of the day, when I oh, well, when I look at myself, I know that when I'm in particular settings, I like to put on particular masks. Mm. Um, it's not for like any malicious reason. I think sometimes it's just you want to feel like you fit in or sometimes you want to feel like like uh, you don't want to stand out too much or sometimes you do want to stand mm. out. So you put on more of a, uh, like a different flamboyant kind of mask, theatrical kind of mask. Um I think at the end of the day, these these intro like whatever whatever role or like whatever shoes I put myself in, I know that I cannot escape from the fact that somewhere in there, it comes from a personal sensibility, you know. So there's even still part of you, and yeah, there's part of me in everything I yeah. do. Even the things that I think are not me has to come from me. <laughs> do you understand? Are like you talking about like the the things you dislike? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like my interpretation of a person that is say if i wanted to be the, the center of attention uh, i i don't really but if i if i do want to be the center of attention then it means that it comes from my interpretation of someone that's the center of attention like your idea of it my idea of it yeah. which has to come from somewhere yep and it probably comes from some sort of experience that i've lived right mm-hmm. so it could be a movie that i've watched it mm. could have people that i've seen that's still me mm. so i think at the end of the day you know you could call it like putting on masks or putting on personas putting on identities but it really is somehow or the other coming from an experience that you've lived it's still you mm-hmm. yeah it's the same thing with like like uh like like artworks i don't know not even artworks it could be like it could be the way you you talk to people mm-hmm. or the way you cook you know these things tend to be i think like Everything you do is kind of like is an emulation of everything you've learned and everything you've seen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Were like you that. conscious of of this while developing your practice, not just for the show, but 
throughout your journey or did a revelation like this come only recently after the show? I think um, the way I've looked at... No, I think I've, I've kind of... Okay, when I was younger, I didn't really know who I was. You know, okay. I was like, I think most teenagers go through this, right? You don't know who you are. You don't know what your, your place is. Mm-hmm. As I got like a little bit older and I moved environments, like when I went from high school to, to art school, and you get a pers- perspective change. That's when you realize that, hey, that doesn't matter. <laughs> it's okay. not that you find your place. Mm. It's just that that's not really necessary. Hopefully you realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully yeah. one realizes I was like, that. <laughs> I was like, shit, well, what the fuck am I doing? You know, yeah. like this this doesn't matter at all. Um, like the grades in school? Could be the what? grades. Yeah. Could be the way you interact with people, people's value systems, mm. you know, where people's backgrounds Right. If you if you you know you if you're stuck or surrounded by the same kind of people for an extended period of time, you're gonna think that the world is like that. But that's really not true. Mm-hmm. So I think as 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 I you know, every time I jumped, uh I went from like high school to art school to army back to back to art school, studying a different thing altogether. Mm-hmm. Like it it culminatively presents like a, a perspectives. Perspectives that, that changes how you how you think about this i mean i don't think that was a particular point where i was like oh you know what everything we do is a combination of who we are but i i think it was it was more like everything i do kind of like i'm already doing for myself or as an extension of myself so i guess maybe in the back of my head there's always like yeah you know like our works or like doing things is a very personal thing. Anything you do is very personal, mm-hmm. you know? Even the mundane stuff, mm-hmm. the way you drive, people drive differently. Yeah. You know? And, and that's that's cool. That's why I like to see in, 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 in the world around me is like how people react to things, how people's sensibility leads them to treat the world around them. Mm. And I think that's creativity. I think that's creativity. I think that's creativity. Okay. I don't think creativity is this like elusive mystery you know this pandora's box that you open you're like oh fuck yeah yeah." you know i fucking got it creativity (laughs) no 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 no. i think i think it's inside everybody and i think it's just like some people you know maybe like sometimes sometimes we we kind of like fetishize it Mm. we 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 make it out to be this thing that's that's you know, something else. It's not everybody has it. But no, no, creativity isn't everybody. Why uh, do you think we romanticize the idea of creativity or even like the artists? Because we love good stories, right? And okay. say like the, like Van Gogh, mm. you know, bless his soul. What happened to him? Van Gogh. Yeah. I mean, he was a, he was a painter uh, at a time when no one was really interested in, in what he was doing. Um, and I guess left lived a life that were where he was kind of slighted for it, you know, mm-hmm. seen as as unruly and crazy and eccentric and and undesirable. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, after his death and the tragic story that that accompanied his works became wildly popular, you mm-hmm. know, and um, it's a story that's that's a moving story. I think um 
Yeah, I, I remember. I remember watching a Doctor Who episode on it. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude, is it the one where tears, he, man? The the Doctor brought Van Gogh to the museum. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Doctor brought Van Gogh to the Van Gogh museum, yeah. and and oh god, it's like oh man, <laughs> oh my heart. Yeah, you know, and it, it's a tragic story, but but I think um, at the end of the day, that's. That's why people tend to put creative that idea of like oh starving artists. Yep. You know like yep. oh like if you're an artist, you must be suffering. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you gotta yeah. suffer to be an artist yeah. or something like that. You have to flagellate yourself like yeah, every day yeah, just for yeah, an idea yeah. to come like, out. Oh, dude, he looks like his life is hard. Mm-hmm. You know, and and he must be a good artist. His life is hard. I I you know I I do not doubt that that there are amazing artists with hard lives. I just think that it's not so much about it being hard. I think it's just about it being colorful. You've got a life that, and I don't mean colorful as in like bright, happy. I mean like <laughs> colorful as in a life full of flavor, you know? Okay. It could be sour. It could be spicy. Yep. It could be sweet. Yep. And and it's a life that's full of color, you know? It's got a lot to it. And and I think like when you put when when you're an individual that puts yourself in a position to experience a lot of things, you know, even things that you think might be bad, um, you 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 start to have a, a broader view of the world, and it could be as small as, I hate celery, so I'm gonna eat a stick of celery, and be like, oh god, I hate celery, and be like, oh, but I made myself eat a stick of celery, and you're like, yeah, I know why I hate celery, mm-hmm. you know, I hate the taste, I hate the texture, or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, okay, you know, and if someone likes it, you know why they like it. Maybe it's for the same reasons you hate it. And that's fine, you know, and you're just like, oh, okay, cool. So going back to your solo show that you did recently, how would you describe that particular flavor? How was the experience, like, going into it? How was uh, the experience? Yeah, for the first time, Well, walking through it? <laughs> I didn't believe it was going to happen until the works were on the wall. What does that mean? Like because of because of COVID, um, they were not able to show it. Like- I guess I'm I'm very skeptical okay. about about the actuality of things until they happen. Fair enough. So, like the the solo exhibition was kind of like like an idea in my head. It was like a fantasy, mm-hmm. you know, something you have wet dreams about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then and and then you're like, oh my god, someone asked me to do it. You yep. know, I I get to do my wet dreams. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then and then you're there and you're like and you go to the gallery, you look at the walls, you look at the current show that's on hang and you're like, oh man, like so many ideas, mm-hmm. right? And then and then when you're there and you put up the show, you're like shit it's happening you know like haha my work's on the wall what you gonna do yeah. you can't keep me out now yeah, yeah. Um, but it was more like yeah like whoa okay it's happening it's really like this is the way I can see my works now yep. you know um, and I think it was very very surreal I, in, in my shows I'm a little bit shy so I I, I don't like to approach people and tell them like hey i'm the artist okay. you know I, I prefer to have conversations with 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 whoever mm-hmm. um about what they think and it's not because like i'm trying to evade talking about my mm-hmm. works but it's because it genuinely interests me how something that has i've created about perception and about experiences and and perceptual precepts what is know, that 
perceptual precepts is like essentially the the conditioning of like how you look at the world. So like they, a frame? Yeah, yeah. They okay. kind of set like a framework and mm-hmm. like a premise for how you perceive everything. Yeah. So I I I I love that. I'm super interested in that. And um but that means that I can't just tell you about why it's like giving or you the how, answer, right? Correct. Yeah, and yeah. then then that forms your precepts. And I don't want that. Yep. So I I love having these conversations and I love I prefer it when people like sort of treat me like like just another person, mm. you know, talking about an experience. And then and then when they share their experience, then you know, and and they realize that, oh, I made these things, you know, I created these things, that then there's a conversation about, you know, the differences or the similarities in, in perception. It's not like I'm placing myself on a pedestal mm. above anybody else. I'm just another dude just doing stuff. Mm-hmm. The only difference is that it's in a space that allows you to look at it together. Mm. Yeah, so that's that's how I at least like to treat it. It's not I mean, it was mind blowing to have so many people look at it, and then it kind of like it was on TikTok. I don't have TikTok, but it was on TikTok. <laughs> it was on Twitter. I don't have Twitter either. Yeah. You know, and it was like people sending me like, "Hey, dude, like you're trending," or you're, you're like, trending. I, yeah, you're trending, <laughs> or you're like, you're like someone's post of your stuff was yeah, trending, yeah. or like, oh, I I saw your exhibition on the for you page. Yeah, yeah, it was really like cool, you know, and like people were like, oh, I want to go for a date here. I was like, mm. wow. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, whoa. All right. Yeah. I guess my work kind of has some romance vibes to it. Okay. You know? And like, sure, yeah, I get it. Like that like people look at things differently. Mm. That's that's the beauty in it, you know. Like I think at the end of the day, like it's not our similarities that ties us together. It's the appreciation of our differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like when everyone looks at the world differently, then all the more that becomes more important, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say that the show is a success? Or conversely, would you say that no, it's not a success, but you're satisfied with it? Wow. Success. You know, I don't have an idea what success is. <laughs> Fine one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I was like, I think. I, yeah, I was very happy with the show. It really was, it really felt like the culmination of of things that I've been working up towards. Mm. They were works that I needed, I was going to do anyways. Okay. You know, it was like the premise of a solo show didn't change the works. I don't plan my works. Yeah, I make them on the spot with like nothing. Mm. You know, uh, the painting process is so intuitive it's it's like hard. It only it really only starts the painting really only starts when I start randomly squirting paint onto a palette, like mm-hmm. which is essentially a table for me, mm. and and then I just see where it goes from there. Did so, it give you something to work towards? It gave me a timeline. Okay, but it didn't give me an objective. Okay, you know the works were going to be made anyway. Mm. Um, and it's like it's kind of like a like an inherent like itch, you okay. know to to make works mm. it's like even if this was wasn't my job even if this was like a hobby yeah i'll still make works i'll still make stuff because like it it it's it's so it's who i it no it's a little bit strange to say it's who i am but it is who it i is. am yeah, yeah, it, could yeah. Be, yeah. It, it, it really is like 
it's like telling stories about yourself mm-hmm. sometimes when you meet your friends you're like oh yeah you know like this happened to me this week this happened to me this month yeah. you know and you're telling someone your story it's kind of like the same thing except like i don't think my works are stories like literally telling you about me yep. but it presents like a mirror or portal into a capacity for someone to to see themselves so it's like a reflection could be a reflection yeah 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 i mean it's a starting point it's a departure point mm. i think that's what like my works are for me like departure points for potential <laughs> <laughs> so what was challenging about this particular showcase um I think what was challenging was <laughs> Okay. To be frank, the entire process wasn't wasn't 6 months of me like slaving away in the studio painting hard. That would, that know, would have been very romantic. Shredded <laughs> clothes. <laughs> billowing winds, you know, like it wasn't like that. No, okay. no, no. I I I actually I actually had a lot of time. Mm. Like 6 months is not a lot of time I think for a solo show, depending on how you how you work. Yep. But it I had a lot of time in between and the hardest part I think for me the most time consuming part isn't actually the painting process it's the looking what do you mean the looking so like when you've created something or as you're creating something that observing observing how it's growing how it's evolving where it's become what is becoming and where it's going that that's probably like the hardest part especially when you have a process that's completely intuitive If I had like a blueprint, I could just like, oh, okay, I just put it together. Like I know this is what I'm going to make already. When you don't have when you don't have any sort of structure and you're just kind of like nose diving in, into into like this like intuition. Mm. This instinct. You're letting the paint lead you. You're letting the brush lead you. Okay. You're letting your body lead you. Mm. It 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 takes a bit more time I think for me to to just like look at things and not feel like the sense of urgency. So, I mean, it was I would say like oh, it's a bit turbulent last okay. year. Yeah, like you know, like it it wasn't it wasn't all peaches and cream, right? It mm. wasn't all like sweet and like nice. Yeah. It it was it was a pretty rough time for me, you know. This is coming out of lockdown into a global pandemic with mm-hmm. so much uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone and it's not just me that's feeling this everybody's feeling yep. this everybody's on edge relationships break down friendships break down new friendships are forged and like everything becomes different the premise for friendships are different you know were those things on your mind while were those things were you contemplating those things while you were in the process of creating it i don't think it was like active contemplation but it was more like these are things at the back of my head Yeah. These are now like things that are part of me, you know, and they definitely feed into the work. You know, um they definitely feed into like uh like a certain like sense of self. Okay. You know, now we all we, we all have different experiences or different perceptions of the same experience. You know, and it's like when I when I make work, it's like how What does that look like? Mm-hmm. And I really think it can only it, it only comes out from me when it's done intuitively. 
if I methodically think of what an abstract concept like like an infinitely varying perception of the same thing looks like I wouldn't have an answer for you I don't know what that looks like because you don't want to know or you don't want to 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 figure it out if not it will lose its magic or does it just come I no I think I think like creating something that like becomes inherently representative of a, of an idea of a concept like that to me becomes contrived because then it's like oh like some people will recognize it mm. and then that object becomes another thing that you create varying perceptions of okay so like when when I was creating like these abstractions it was very much like oh yeah like well it's me and it's you know like this contrast in color this shape and form suddenly like why do I need to feel like like forms are caged behind things why do I need to feel like I need to trap light within a space you know like the they become like a little bit more open-ended mm. and in, inherently open-ended people can look at things differently you know like everyone's looking at the same thing making different experiences out of it or different perceptions but it's not necessary that they recognize it because it's not necessary i i don't think it's my position as an artist to tell anyone what to think or feel mm-hmm. i think merely all I want to do is create departure points for people to think or feel. Whatever they think or feel about is mm-hmm. entirely up to their disposition. And that's that's really the part that I get very excited by. It's like, oh, someone has a reaction to, to the things that I do. And I think that's why I like creating works that are, you know, like effective. They, they affect the space around them. And that's why I titled the show Absurd Theatrics. Mm-hmm. Because it's all about this like sort of like uh reading into into space and perception especially like when you work with light and paint right like the light in the space changes your perception of the paint it's it's pretty like basic like concept Mm -hmm. right you know you you show a projector in a room with the light on you can't see it so sharp you turn it off and then suddenly the image is sharp it's all about like relative context and how that changes what we see and yeah it's it, it it was the same thing with me i think like it like when when looking i mean going back to your your statement like when looking at how things affect me it's not something that i think of as conscious thought it's not something that i think of as representative especially not in my work um but rather something worth exploring and that's it like that process you know that mm. process is the exploration of it and that's it like everything that we come up we take away from that is you know like sure and i'm not looking for answers in life yeah i'm looking you're not for looking like, for answers in life i'm not looking for answers in life i'm looking for 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 a, a journey you know like the process i think fun fact boys and girls what is it do you remember when we had our first conversation with Cos- for cosmic children and we did that trial recording session that like never saw the light of day i don't remember okay you asked you asked all of us in the room, what is our concept of happiness? What does happiness <laughs> look like in 2019? We're like now a, in 2021. Like <laughs> yeah, what about it? <laughs> and and I, I still stick to that answer that I made up on the spot to respond to you. Do you remember what answer I I don't you? remember. I said happiness is to try. And so, 
it's a pretty it's a pretty solid answer yeah, I really made it up on the spot. <laughs> I was like, but? oh, not bad, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like, like, give me a pat on the back. Hell yeah. yeah. You know, um, like, no, no. But but really, it's like, yeah, like the more I think about it and, you know, the more like my career grows and I grow as a person into adulthood and stuff. Like, yeah, I think about it, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not it's not about happiness as a goal or happiness as an end state, but like just happiness is a journey, you know, like yeah. you just try shit out and you I think as long as I'm able to try, like that's great, you know, mm. like yeah. So yeah. I'm just curious to know: Do you believe that, let's say, in shows, uh, art shows, or anything, is there a need to to have a rationale next to the words, next next to the works, to 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 showcase like what is this piece of art to actually dictate what is this uh, artwork about? Do you believe in that particular idea? Because it seems as though, at least from your point of view, it is for the patrons and for the people uh, going into the art show for for them to have an interpretation of of what yeah. the pieces itself, yeah. instead of having the the artist interpretation uh, being the framework to to look at the artwork. I think it really depends. Mm-hmm. It really depends on what the artist wants. Yeah, what carries the work the best. I think like. Um, there are a lot of things that play into like how an experience, like an exhibition experience is put together. And yeah, like text is a huge part of it, right? If you read the text first before you look at a show, you essentially set yourself up with a premise to, yep. that creates a framework for how you look at the work. Some works need that, you know? And yeah, and that's good. You're like, oh, damn, like, yeah, I wouldn't have gotten this if I if I didn't read the text before. And then the works become more powerful. Mm. Sometimes when you read it and then it takes the mystery out of the, the experience, then you're like, oh, man, I wish I didn't read that before. And sometimes, like, you read it afterwards, you're like, whoa, like, I'm so bamboozled by this <laughs> by this exhibition you read the text and it's like a it's like a you know like a cum shot revelation you're like god <laughs> damn oh you yeah. know and, and that's unforgettable yeah yeah so i think it really depends like for me because i didn't see I, you know there's no end state to my work right i don't see any point that i'm trying to drive across with my work mm. um it's really just about the experience the sensorial experience of it yeah i i didn't see a need for text um, I I wrote a very very long text about it, but by the end of it, I was like, wait, what's the point of this again? Like, okay. I don't, I didn't see a point, and okay. then it was like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, like, I think if anything, like, what I would wanna wanna see out of it as like a like some sort of conversational like piece is um like people having conversations. That's just what I want to see. Mm. Someone saying like, oh that abstract shape looks like um looks like a toilet yeah you know it looks like a it looks like a, it's like a pool no, collector yeah someone actually said that to me i loved it they were like oh that looks like the the piping of a toilet bowl yeah, or something yeah, and yeah. i was like oh damn thank dude. you so much i was like yes oh my god yeah but like you know like someone someone's thought process led them there that's yeah. like you're like how and yeah. you're like ah, oh, but it's real though right someone actually thought of it yeah that that you know like I think I think as long as uh, as people feel engaged with the work in one way or another, yeah. I think yeah. Like I'm, I'd be sad if a person was indifferent. 
I cannot I cannot deny that maybe maybe out there someone is indifferent to my work. Mm-hmm. That that's okay too. You know, I guess it's a time and a place thing ultimately. Yeah, for sure. Aesthetic yeah. contract. Mm. Yeah, aesthetic contract. But right time, right place, right artwork, <laughs> right audience. You know, it's like a it's like a one in a million. <laughs> Do you think that there is a need for people to to simplify? I guess what they're looking at or what someone might be presenting. What I mean by that is, um, like this is. I think the new term is experiential art, or this is uh, this is art on walls, or this is street art. It has to have that particular label to it because from what you described to me, it sounds you mentioned about uh, having conversations with people. It's a dialogue between the individual viewing it and the art piece itself. Certain curators and certain galleries would call it experiential art, but do you do you vibe with that particular category? Do you think it's important? Um. I think it's important in retrospect. Okay. When you're like, oh, you look back in time, and you're like, oh, damn. <laughs> Impressionism. <laughs> you know, like okay. you say it somewhat seductively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you whisper it. <laughs> surrealism. And you're like, oh, yeah. You know, but yeah. but I think like in that moment, like when you when you start putting everything into boxes and put stuff into labels, that 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 limits your mm-hmm. you're like because it it sets another framework for Th- things. Does right? it limit you? Does it limit me? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I mean, shit, even if I tried to put a label on it, I don't know how. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is it? Is it a painting? Is it an installation? Mm. You know, is it like a time-based work? Yeah. You know, yeah. like, uh, I, I can't think of these things because it's like, I don't know, they're all of them, right? And then you're going to create a new label That's for me? That's your like, new term, yeah. Shit. <laughs> you know, I get a whole like thing after no but you know like i'm not interested in that because it's it's not what i'm trying to do with my work and i think um i mean maybe it fits with some people it mm-hmm. doesn't fit for me okay you know but it will be interesting i think if people start like yeah like really trying to put a like a like a movement name like a identifiable label sure that that, that could be dope you mm-hmm. know um but I think it's not for me. Yeah. It, at least not now. Yep. Not something that I'm looking at right now. I think in I think in retrospect is is the right way to look at it. Perhaps mm. consistency. If you consistently do things like that, and it has a certain theme and uh, a certain th- th- thematic to it, I think someone will probably give you that label. Or someone can see the pattern across yeah. that six shows over twenty yeah. years. I think someone yeah. might be able to tell what what you're trying to do. Yeah. yeah. But that goes back to like what I was saying, right? It becomes retrospective. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like. Oh yeah, you know, I, I needed that history to sort of understand the 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 weight of the name. But if you like put it now, it's it's not really gonna do anything. It's a bit it's, premature. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be like Ooh. <laughs> it's it's kinetic. <laughs> it's Nicholasism. You know, and you'd be like, what the fuck does that mean? Like why do I give a, a why do I give a shit? You know, who's this who's this wanker? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so I mean I think I think it's important for history. When you look at art in history, you're like, okay, you know, like, like, um, I, I mean, I believe that if you do like a surrealistic work now, it's not surrealism; it's surrealistic. What's the difference? Because surrealism is pretty much tied to its time period, or impressionism is tied to its time period. Right? Okay, and you're like, like, I'm not an impressionist painter; I'm an impressionistic painter, sort of. That's what I believe anyways. I don't know. Someone fight me on this. Like, <laughs> for real. Like, really, Some- like, I, I, I mean, I appreciate these conversations a mm-hmm. lot. Like, 
because it's it's I feel like movements are always tied to its time and then once it once it goes past it it's oh, like, it just becomes okay, like a, okay, like you're right, expounding right. on a thought yep. that's already been thought of yeah which is not it's not wrong it's because not there's bad. something to work from yeah yeah, yeah. it's like it's like evolving but yeah. you're not from like uh it doesn't originate from mm. you know like if i if i'm in 2021 and i'm painting like a, like a painting uh, like a picture in emulating the styles and thoughts of the impressionists who are looking at like color and contrast yep. and, and tonal values yep. rather than like accuracy now and and you know, it's not gonna it's not gonna make me an impressionist because the conditions are different because the yeah because i didn't i didn't come from that era you know i think that's what the name is yep. you know like yep. it's it's indicative of the era from which it came from mm-hmm. it's retrospective yep. you know, you're looking at it in retrospect you're like, oh yeah, this happened in like the industrial revolution when like people start looking at things mm. like that, and like photography, right? So it, I think, um, yeah, yeah, it's like the painting. Like if I did that, then paintings I made were impressionistic. Yep, they're expounding on 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 top of like ideas and theories that were created during that era, mm-hmm. and looking at it in the way that it might be contemporary. It's still contemporary. Mm. You know, I'm still making it now. Mm-hmm. And contemporary art will forever be whatever is now. <laughs> yeah. So really, like, yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Labels, labels can, can do a lot. They can create. I mean, I think art is. I just had this conversation last night in a skate park. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was. Um. Shout out Daryl. He's yeah. an ethics major. Whoa. But um. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, we were talking about, I think, like how people look at art and that was this part of education, right? It's sort of like a societal thing, you know, some some people are privy to more education about art, about, you know, history, sociology, mm. these mm. sort of things like and, and like how everything kind of like creates this ecosystem of understanding. Or a bubble. Or a bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or a bubble. Um, it, it, um... Yeah, it, it limits certain certain people from looking at things in a particular way. Yeah. E- education is one of them. If mm-hmm. I am more educated about a certain subject, I'm going to have more appreciation for it naturally, right? Because I've got more context that I can apply to a thing that I see. Say like abstract expressionism, you know, the history of say like Rothko, Jackson yep, yep, Pollock yep. and their narrative, the history of like the Cold War and all that shit, right? And you, put, you apply it all together. You're like, you look at that, that, that painting you know like you see a lot of history in it on a baseline yep and then every that kind of sets like a premise for how you feel about the work some people who know absolutely nothing about a Rothko will be like shit it's just like a block of color you know Mm -hmm. and they'll be like I don't get it I you know and um yeah and and that was essentially the conversation that we had right and it was like labels sometimes helps that because you're like Oh, abstract expressionism that sets like a sort of departure point. Something that I could search up. Mm. Maybe not now. If I don't know it now, I could search it up in the future. But if you look at like a Rothko and you don't know when the hell it was made or like why, like who the person was or whatever, and you can't research about it, yeah, then, then, you know. There is a limit to what you can know. Yeah. And then you will never really fully appreciate it or you'll never allow yourself to, to develop on the capacity to to look at something. Yeah. Yeah. In building off from that, in 
2021 right now, what do you think the role of art is? The role? Yeah. Like that law. Like that law. <laughs> like what? I mean, I mean, okay, like, like. What role does art serve? Depends on who's asking the question, who's looking at it, right? I'm like asking, every, you're okay. looking. Oh shit, it's Kevin. <laughs> oh man, damn. Like as I mean, right now, yeah, in 2021, yeah, yeah. what do you think it's, the role is? I think, I mean, honestly, I don't think its role has changed or like the role that I aspire for it to mm. be has mm. changed. I I really just like hope that art is something that allows people to see and feel and like think. It's just like something, an experience. Like I just, yeah, you could call it experiential art, but shit, if I, if I stand in front of like a, like a, like a, like stop any, sign? any one of those paintings in the National Gallery, right? Okay. Or like, yeah, a fucking stop sign. Yeah, fucking stop sign. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh shit, I gotta stop. <laughs> and like, damn, that's an experience. Right? That's an experience. You're like, I wanna go, but I gotta stop. Right? You're like, mm, conflict. And yeah, you're yeah, like, conflict. <laughs> you're like, ah, oh, experience. Yeah, it's just like, it, it, like capacity for introspection. I think like, mm. like, like at least for me, like our works are very much departure points for things. Mm-hmm. You know, for thought, for conversation, for like, you know, like I want to think about history. You know, I want to think about culture or i just want to think about the person that's standing next to me looking at the same picture and what they're thinking of yeah i think that's at least that's to me what the role of art is and it doesn't change with what happens in life it's always more of like an emulation of what what is happening in life and how you look at it you know like you look at a painting of like a crowd of people from like the 1800s and then you're like, why is no one wearing a mask? <laughs> and you're like, oh damn, 2021, fuck this pandemic, right? And you're like, yeah, yeah. And you know, like I, ha- I have found, I don't know if other people feel this, but I have found myself like sometimes watching films with like massive crowds and I'd be like, dude, is no one scared of like, <laughs> no, why, is, why is no one wearing a mask? You know? Do you remember living without a mask? Yeah, I do. do. you have memories of that time? Yeah, I have, <laughs> I have fond memories, you know. <laughs> I didn't have something like tickling my face, you know, <laughs> all the time. Yeah, yeah. I it, I think I think that's, yeah. At least that's the role of art for me. Like, But going back to that, it sounds like you, it allows you or gives you the, the ability to at least think of things in, at least two levels higher than, than the, the base level that like you kind of have to be aware of um, these intangible thoughts and ideas and really abstraction floating about that you can conceive of, I guess, uh, like the stop sign isn't just there for anything, that there is a purpose to it. And let's say if you're talking about uh, a painting in the museum, yeah. uh, like someone else is viewing it and they're thinking certain thoughts, maybe they're not thinking about a painting, they're thinking mm. about something else as well. So yeah. it is... It is not just about reality. It's not just about what you're seeing, yeah. but what all the different facets of all the different points of reality is telling you. Um, in a way, all the different facets of my reality. Mm. Um, yeah, I I think like the artworks just present capacities for thought. Uh, I don't think reality is defined. Mm-hmm. It's not defined. I don't think so. Yep. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I've been struggling with this like 
Addiction? No, 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 no. Oh, you oh. wish. Um, put you. Uh, no, no, but 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 more like uh, so there's this there's this um philosopher called Jean Baudrillard, mm-hmm. and I mean anybody who's like a Matrix nerd, I don't know. Have you have you heard of it? I've heard of simulation and simulation oh, yep. and simulacra. Yep. A simulacrum. I know a simulacrum. little bit. I can't remember. But can't please, remember please continue. Yeah, yeah. It's it. I I probably I probably can't even explain it to you properly. But it, it's it's. I think like. Okay, an inelegant way of like summarizing it would mm. be, essentially like the the well perversion's a strong word, but the perversion of an original, to the point where it becomes its own thing. Mm-hmm. And that thing supersedes the original concept of the original. Mm-hmm. So it becomes an imitation with no original. So it becomes an original that stands on its own two feet? No, from it's the- an imitation. It's an it's a perversion. Perversion being the strong word that, you know, take it like you have an idea? Because when, when you said it, I think yeah, yeah, the, okay. um, the Pippi the Frog came to mind, but I don't okay. know if that's why you No, okay. So like, like right now, where I'm thinking of with regards to, especially back to like this conversation about reality, right? Is that, uh, say like romance, mm. right? We all have an idea of romance. And mm. more often than not, I, at least I think for, for me, um, idea of romance comes from movies. It informs. Love songs, yep. right? Yep. So, yeah, it informs. Mm. But does it inform or does it set the premise? It says the premise first and with repetition, perhaps it informs. Right. Yeah. So romance, at least from my experience, is very different with every partner that you have. Yep. And, but the same thought of romance always comes from like the movies that I watch. You know, it could be like uh, Titanic. Mm. Oh, you know, it's like a... Like, like a, a very grandiose yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Or like, you know like yeah <laughs> or like yeah. Romeo and Juliet yeah, yeah. 500 Days of Summer yeah, yeah. Nick and Nora's Infinite yeah. Playlist you know all like movies whatever right like you're you're going through you're going through all this shit right and you're like like the media is always like kind of like evolving with it but but you know like you're consuming all these things and sometimes I think like oh shit like am I have have ideas of of romance kind of like from, consumed from media superseded what romance actually is mm. do we even know what romance is do we know what the concept of love is you know like can you know what the concept of yeah. love is these, these are like essentially things that like I think I mean Baudrillard used media he's like sort of this like post postmodern I think postmodern so, yeah. theorist yeah and he you know, the Matrix was about that. At first, the first one was kind of wrong, right? It was like allegory of the cave. Yep. Like, oh shit. Oh, major spoilers for her. But if you haven't watched Matrix, like, fuck you, dude. Like, it's 2021. Um, but it's, it's. I mean, it's like, yeah, the first movie was like allegory of the cave. You know, Matrix comes out. The, yeah, Neo comes out of the Matrix. He's like, oh shit. Goddamn. I'm gonna fucking dodge bullets now. Fuck yeah, right? Matrix is a lie. I can control my reality. Yeah. Like that that was really like what it was about, which wasn't right. Because um and Baudrillard actually responded to it. Mm. Yeah. Like it wasn't right because like a, a simulacrum or like it's yeah, like what he was writing about was not you being able to tell that you're out of the system of control. 
and in the second movie, I don't know if you you watched it. You better better have. Oh, it's like twenty years ago. Okay, okay. Yeah, so yeah, in the second movie, memory, he yeah. meets the architect. Yep. And the architect is essentially this like Colonel Sanders looking guy, right? Oh, the one in the white room, yeah, with yeah, the yeah, different yeah, with screens the TVs and everything. And he's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> it's like a little bit of a yeah, douchey white guy, right? But yeah. but um Yeah. It and then he realizes, oh shit, like the world that I'm living in, Zion, mm. and this fight for against the machines is just another system of control. Yep. Yep. Everything is a system of control. So, like, the difference between Baudrillard and, and Plato's allegory of the cave was that once you step out of the cave, you know, in, in, in allegory of the cave, you step out of the cave, you're like, wow, this is those splendors of God. You know, Plato was very much about God. You know, he was pointing towards the sky in, in School of Athens, I think. Um, and, uh, yeah, Baudrillard was like, you step out of the cave, you still think you're in the cave. Mm. You know, you 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 you'll never know. You wouldn't really know. You yeah. wouldn't really know. And and you know, as I read these kinds of things, like yeah, if we live in the in the world that we live in now with media and like how things constantly evolve and how we constantly forget things. Yeah, very much like that. Like I mean, the word literally means literally and not literally like that's that's fucking hilarious dude and and like yeah you know like but that that's that's where we're at it's Mm. not right or wrong it's just this is just where we are at yeah and 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 then yeah when i think of like art and like what that can symbolize i don't really think of it as in like oh they're signifiers or they're like 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 markers of reality but it's just like another capacity for us to look at things mm. it's just uh, a question mark you know and then you're like oh huh because i'm never not i'm never going to be able to know what it was like in the 1800s i'm never going to know what it's like in the like 1900s before i was born fair enough you yeah. know and i can only imagine and everything that we have are little like pieces that we piece together. Yeah. But that's kind of like the best part of humanity is like that wonder, you know, like. Or that curiosity. Yeah, yeah. I think that's very inherently human. Mm. Being curious and always wanting to know, right? Like, is there life on Mars? <laughs> is Elon Musk an alien? Like, you know, like, like, you know, like, yeah, oh, yeah I want to know that. Conspiracy mm. theories, yeah. right? That's why we love conspiracy theories. Yep. Yeah, it's because like, it's mysteries. Yeah. But do you think it matters if we are in a simulation or not? Ultimately, no, 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 no. It doesn't matter. No, 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 no. It's about the journey, right? Mm. Yeah, that. I mean, that's that's the way I look at it. Like, I could be in a simulation, but if I'm gonna be in a simulation, I might as well fucking have fun with it. You, know? <laughs> you get a top score. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be like fucking top dog, right? <laughs> no, no. I mean, like, yeah, just have fun with it. Just like, yeah. Um, I mean, easier said than done. Life is not. Life is not an easy mode. <laughs> no, 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 no. If anybody's played Diablo, it's like fucking the highest level of torment. You know. Um, fun fact: I've been playing Diablo. Diablo two. Diablo three. Okay. But everyone tells me to play Diablo two. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I the best Diablo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've heard. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's like, yeah, life is hard. It is hard. Um, but having fun doesn't mean easy either. But you need to be able to see the fun. And things ultimately. Yeah, yeah. It's accepting the challenge in things. I think taking it on yourself. Yeah. Um and yeah. We all get dealt different cards and we all deal with it differently. You know, you 
I think, yeah, that's why I think it's very important to like at least try to make life like fun for people. Try. Mm. I mean, we're not perfect, right? I, you know, a promise to to do that is impossible. You know, uh, but yeah, try to try. Yeah, for sure. Was it ever a conscious choice to to go down this career path? I mean, you mentioned going to art school, I guess, twice, but for two different uh, fields of study. Yeah. But was it ever, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to 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 do this art thing and see how it goes, or did it just one thing happened after another, you got engaged to do this and it just snowballed mm. from them. Was it ever a conscious choice? Yeah, I mean, I, so, I studied IB. The fuck is IB? IB is called, it's an international baccalaureate. So it's the equivalent of like A-levels. Okay. But it's an IB, like an international It, it just standard. sounds better to you. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> well, this will start a lot of wars, man. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I studied IB. I actually studied in international school for like, four five four and a half years okay um in singapore and and then like essentially everything you study for is for this ib you know like okay like i'm working so towards, it's a combination of all yeah, your studies yeah, okay. yeah like you go to your a level your o levels you get to your a levels and then that that's where you want to go i okay. want to you know like at least in my school like that's where we're going we all know where that's where we're going so when you finish this ib it's game over it's university and then okay. you know like ib is like oh university is like like endless potential like <laughs> I, can, I can go anywhere or i could go anywhere depending yeah. on how hard i study yeah, 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 um, yeah. and i could study whatever the fuck i want to study yeah, yeah. right but um yeah like i was so i was a music student up until that point and then Fair enough. i took ib and i was like i, I want to like challenge myself you know i want to do visual arts which i was actually never good at I okay. failed all my art classes. Like, like, I almost like, failed all my art w- classes. When you say music student, so you were practicing like a particular instrument or? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I loved composition. Okay. So I wasn't like spectacular at playing anything, mm. but I loved feeling things. So I would write music to like try to like explore that. Okay. And then I realized like, oh shit, you know, but I could do that with visual arts too. And I could explore feeling. And this was what, 15, 16? Yeah, like 16. Yeah. Yeah, so it was pretty young, right? Yeah. And yeah, I was very interested in, in sort of this like nuance, right? Like something material, something immaterial. Music's immaterial and art's material. Like painting's material. So I was like trying to like play around with that kind of stuff. And six months into IB, or like half a year into IB, and I was doing, I was like painting and stuff for half a year. And I was like, God damn, man, like, I want to be an artist. Like, I know this is what I want to do. Like, I've essentially spent, like, the last few years of my life studying music and all that stuff, working up to something that has this feeling. It's not about painting. It's not about, you know, music Mm. specifically, but it was about exploring, like, a life full of this kind of wonder. Wonder? Yeah, like, exploration, experimentation, you know, expression. And then I met I met this other uh, painter named Ruben. Ruben Pang. Ruben Pang, yeah. Gotcha. So he was in army at the time, and I was in in school. And um, yeah, you know, like my work was wasn't great. <laughs> it was it really wasn't. It really <laughs> okay. really wasn't. It was pretty it was pretty much garbage. Yeah. But I think like I think like I I don't know. Ruben Ruben convinced me not I don't think off my work, but off our conversations mm. that like I should 
give art school a shot if I knew like this was something I wanted to do. And and that's like really like internal conflict, right? Like yeah. a lot of people would kill to be in the position that I was in with the opportunities that I had. I knew like being able to do IB was something I shouldn't take for granted. And the education's the education that I received was also not something that I would take for granted. And I think for like internal conflict wise, I felt like I might be giving up something really good here. But nevertheless, like, am I doing it for myself or am I doing it to fulfill someone else's expectation of me? Yeah. So yeah, I, I talked to like the teachers and stuff and, and then I went to try out LaSalle just for fun. I was like, if I get it, I get it. If I don't get it, I don't get it. Fuck, man. I'm like fucking 16, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like turning 17. And then and then I went for the interview and, and I got it. And I was like, with all these like older people, these like 20 plus year olds, mm. I was like, shit, I'm a kid. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I got it. And I was like, damn. Okay. I told my mom and I I talked to my teachers and, yeah, you know, I was like, okay, I got to I think I got to do this. I got to do this. I, I'm going to hate myself if I don't know what is at the end of this rope. So it was a leap of faith? It was very much a leap of faith. Okay. It was very, very much a okay. leap of faith. And I was very, very lucky because like when I joined LaSalle, I was with a, with a batch that was pretty diverse and everyone's exploration with their process and their approach to art was so different. Mm-hmm. It was like very hard to be competitive in that way. Everyone was competing against each other to explore more. Interesting. Which I think is like the most holistic educational environment you could be in, mm-hmm. at least for me. Mm-hmm. And like coming from like, you know, meeting people with different walks of life with different backgrounds and different experiences, everyone looks at different value systems. I came out of a school where everyone was working towards the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, and into a school where nobody knows who they are. They're all misfits, right? Everyone's like, I just want to explore shit. I just want to like try out stuff. Yeah, that was great. That was like... So the change environment actually helped you? Yeah, very much so. I think it it was probably like, you know, like one of the biggest things that happened to me in my life so mm. far. Yeah, it was like, this changes a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was a great three years. It was a great three years. You graduate with hopes and dreams and then <laughs> nothing. <laughs> fucking cricket sound. You know? And, I mean, I didn't get a chance, dude. Like the arm, like right after I finished the grad show, it was like four days later, like I listened to the army. Yeah. Like, All right, man. I'm bald now. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, army has a way of like, it's like it's like you're constantly living you know under regiment and all that shit and but like halfway through like like army i was like oh god like, i can't help it like i need to like bring a sketchbook i need to like draw shit i need to like do stuff i need to like fucking have fun and like i need to figure out like a way to sort this out yeah and and yeah yeah and once army was done uh i i knew i wanted to paint you knew you wanted to paint. I knew I had to paint. Fuck. It okay. wasn't even like, I don't even know what career I'm going to do yet. Yeah. I know I want to be an artist, but I know that's that's a hard road. That's a hard but road to your, get to. It's a hard road to, to walk down. But what was your definition of artist back then? Uh, in my idea, it was just like my ultimate, like, right? Like my, your goal, right? <laughs> yeah, your, yeah. your idea of happiness. To be able to try. 
Okay. You know, like enough. have a studio, have a practice, mm. you know, be able to show your works, somehow make a living out of it. Somehow. Like, somehow. <laughs> yeah. You know, backbow and steel, whatever. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. That 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 was Yeah, I love that sound. <sighs> yep. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, like yeah, yeah. Like that to have a career as an artist was like the goal, right? Mm. That's like yeah, if I have a career as an artist I can try. Mm. But I knew that for my degree I didn't want to replicate what experience I already had. Okay. Because I felt like most of my education came from the experiences I shared with my classmates. Not necessarily just from the teachers. The teachers were helpful. They give you they give you questions to to which you you explore you explore yourself. Yeah. Right. But in the degree program, I wasn't sure if it was something that I felt would contribute to my practice anymore because I was no longer interested in rubrics. Mm. I was no longer interested in systems. Mm. For some for some students, they need that. They need that rubrics and sy- that like systems in place so that they can create a practice for themselves. That's totally okay. But I knew I didn't need that. I what, knew I didn't want that even. What informed this decision of yours? I mean, I knew people from the BA program. I okay. knew like some of the teachers. Yeah. Like I've seen how it's how it goes. Okay. Right. And um and I sat there wondering like what do I want for myself? Do I want to you know, do I want to focus on this or what else could I do that could contribute to my pursuit as an artist? That's why I took arts management. Mm. Because it wasn't like Oh, like I need to learn from a school how to be an artist. I already knew like what I wanted to explore in my works or like what I wanted to try to explore in my works. So, but do I know how to do marketing? Yeah. You know, do I do I know how to like talk to people and put things together and try to organize logistics? How do I conceptualize stuff that supports artists? I don't know how to do that. Hence arts management. Which is why I started. I I wanted to study arts management because it was like, yeah, you know, I have all these things that allows that contributes to this perspective. Not not something that I already know. It's something that I don't know, and that's why it was it was like a fun thing to study. I think because it was like, oh yeah, you know, like I meet all these other people mm. who may or may not have a may or may not have an arts background. Yep. That just want to try these things out too. I was like, yeah, shit, okay, I'll try it out. Yeah, and it was. Yeah, it was interesting. I think it's a very interesting way of looking at the the the, the idea or the practice of being an artist because I think especially growing up in Singapore with the education system, um, we have this notion that it's a one size fit all. Meaning, let's say if you want to be an engineer, there is a very specific engineering course that you should go for, or there is let's say if you want to be a designer or you'll be an illustrator, there is this very specific course with a major illustration that is very very specific that will kind of quote-unquote teach you how to do things but from what you just said it's that you had the the awareness and no you you really had the awareness to just ask around and to see what you were lacking actually because you didn't need anybody or you didn't need to learn how to be an artist how to paint and everything but you learned the peripheral skills to aid in your particular practice yeah i think i think I knew once I graduated the first time mm. that if I wanted to do this, I can't follow anybody. 
it's one of those careers where you're like, I can't replicate the steps of another person. Like, I really need to do this myself. I need to figure this shit out myself. I need to like figure out what I want to do, how I want to do it myself. Because like, if I try to replicate someone else's career, mm. I'm not them. I'm not going to be able to do it. Yep. And I don't want to live in the shadow of somebody else. You know, I don't want my voice to be an echo. So it's it's quite unlike, yeah, like some of those other careers you talked about, right? Like engineers or lawyers. Yeah, you, you study those things and, you know, you go to a good school, you get your good grades, you pass your bar exam, and then you you do you specialize in whatever you want to specialize in. Um, but it really wasn't like that. You know, I can't, you know, sign to this gallery and be like, okay, I want these collectors and okay, I want these types of exhibitions and I want this kind of publicity. It it really doesn't work that way. Because like, I think the way I looked at it was like, artworks tend to be extensions and emulations of the artists that they come from. They're not mm. isolated from them, right? Fair because enough. like yeah. personal sensibility goes into everything that we do. The way we look at things and how we do it. So when I was looking at myself as as an artist, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like try to follow anybody. I'm gonna try to make this my own. I'm gonna do what I wanna do. And I knew with that said, there were certain, certain prejudices that I think people might have. I don't know if they do, mm-hmm. but I think they might have it and completely disregard that. Yeah. And, and just like, try to make a name for myself in the way that I want to and 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 have fun with it right because at the end of the day if it supports my 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 capacity to make artworks and it supports my capacity to make a living mm. and it supports my capacity to make friends and have new experiences then why do I need to let like a prejudice get in the way of that for what what's that going to do for me yeah so that was very important to me yeah, it was, and it was, it, I, I don't know if it, I mean, I'm very lucky to have, I think, met a lot of people that I had a lot of great conversations with mm. that kind of like contributed to this sort of perspective. And it was, yeah, it was very helpful. And I think that's, that allowed me to take steps in the way that has led me to where I am right now. Yeah. Was there a particular piece of media that you read that informed your attitude on this or to 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 broaden that question out a little bit who or what uh, came into your life that informed this particular attitude of yours mm. <laughs> actually i think there was no media it was yeah. like yeah like media has different perspectives yep so definitely important right you don't read media to consume it and like yeah it's media therefore it's right but it's like, it's media, so I should question it. Yep. In the same way, you question everything around you. Hopefully. Ideally. <laughs> ideally. ideally. Yeah. You know, sometimes you want to believe what you want to believe. And you're yeah. like, like, fuck off. I want to believe this. You know, I, I, I don't care. But but uh, yeah, yeah. Like I wanted to, to, to look at, like be skeptical about everything and just like, like, yeah, you know, like read different things, meet different people, hear different opinions, you know, warnings or like blessings you know and like like whatever and take everything with a pinch of salt and observe i think like when i was younger like i mean even now Mm. i'm still constantly learning but observing is very very important and observing without 
or like without jumping to a conclusion, just observing first. But when you say observing, what do you mean by that? Just looking, looking at things, looking mm. at how people interact with each other, looking at how things are done or trying to figure out how things are done. Mm. Or sometimes you don't even need to observe. Sometimes you just go straight up and ask them like, how do you run a gallery? <laughs> you know, like, like I, I, I don't know. Like, it, it could be any type of conversation, right? Like, it doesn't need to even be a gallery. It doesn't need to directly correlate to how do you run a business? How do you cook food? You yeah. know, the, like, like, the way people approach things is very important. And I think that's the crux of, like, everything we're doing right now. Like, everybody. It's just, like, we're trying. Mm-hmm. Everyone's just trying. Yeah. It's, like, understanding how people try. And, like, when you when I was making a career for myself, it was like, how am I going to try? You know, like, I know I wanted to work with commercial organizations because they've built brands and identities for themselves. Mm. That's cool. That's so exciting. You know, like, we have brands and identities for ourselves. We wear the clothes we want to wear. We wear the perfumes we want to wear, right? They're not always so tangible, physical, right? And brands do that too, you know? And, that's I thought that was dope. Like you created an identity not attached to a person but to an idea. That's great. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah, I, I, I guess like the money helps. The money always helps. You know, it's a great motivator because it allows you to live your life. Yep. You know? Um and allows you to live your life in the capacity that you want to. Mm-hmm. It gives you autonomy. I think that's important as an artist. Autonomy. Autonomy. For sure. How do you have autonomy in this day and age? You try. <laughs> you try. That's it, right? It's a fucking cop-out answer. <laughs> but it's true. What what helps you? What helps me? Yeah. Find autonomy. Yeah. I'm just trying. No, no, I'm 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 serious though. Like, like I think that we we are never really in full control of the world or not- our reality because mm. we live in a community we have other people mm-hmm. that affect our lives mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know and if you want to think about it that way then shit yeah and we'll never have autonomy as long as as long as there's the rules of nature society not even society I think society is a byproduct of nature society is byproduct of nature which documentary did you get that from um <laughs> Welcome to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I really think like like cause and effect. Like I don't think of now. Hmm, some people are gonna. I don't know if they're gonna be happy to hear this, but I don't think of humanity as inherently special. Mm, fair enough. You know, I think like everything is just cause and effect, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the wonders of the technological era that we have today is just a natural process. So, by that statement, do you mean that due to the the curiosity of human nature, we are always bound to get to this particular point? Not to this particular mm. point, but by the curiosity of nature, we are bound to get to multiple points. It's just that I feel very much that while we have put conscious effort to be where we are at now, mm. we have also stumbled to where we are Fair at enough. Now. It's kind of like you're very intentionally walking forward or like putting your legs left and right yep. to carry you forward while blindfolded. <laughs> On a tightrope. 
No, no, no tightrope. No tightrope. <laughs> no tightrope because tightrope means there's a direction. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Right? Fair you're enough. like fucking- in, in the desert. <laughs> you're like swimming, maybe. You're like swimming in an open ocean, right? And like you're putting your arms out, you're kicking your legs. Yeah. You're very intentionally doing that. Yeah, you're blindfolded. Yeah. Oh, sounds terrible. But that's humanity. Mm. I, that, at least that's the way I look at humanity, mm-hmm. which sounds like oh, immense suffering, but also immense adventure, you know? It's like, but it, both yeah. sides of the same coin, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like it's a double-edged sword, right? You could either, you know, cut yourself or cut through reality. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I totally made that up. But, 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 but yeah, something, something like that. You know, like yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I think that's fun. I think, um, and that's something that I like to embrace at least. Is yeah. this something that? Because you ask, okay, would you describe yourself as an artist? Big gulp from the beer can here. Yeah. No, I'm just curious to know that, do you see yourself uh, as an artist or what do you see yourself as? Uh, I see myself as a person. But first and foremost, okay. First and foremost. Yeah. I think an artist is, oh man, another area of contention well i i see like the the label as an artist or the title as an artist as something that you do not bestow upon yourself mm. it's just what other people say or think of you mm. um but i think that it goes without saying to everything else it's just like uh, in the same way like with you know to the previous conversations that we had about labels and understanding I would tell someone that I'm an artist, but it's because it sets a premise that yep. makes it easier for them to understand me, mm. you know? And I appreciate that sometimes people need that and that's okay. That you know? simplifies things for yeah, yeah. other you don't people wanna, to understand. You don't want to be like this wanker that's like, oh, I'm so dark and mysterious. <laughs> I want to cut through reality. You're like, oh, what do you do? You're like, I explore perceptual precepts, right? That's like, oh, come on, dude. Like, for real. Like, yeah okay, so okay. you know I would say that I'm an artist but that's why because it, it it allows someone to have an understanding of what I do yep do I think of myself as an artist I just think of myself as a person that's like trying to explore things and experiment with things that you know isn't a particular language mm-hmm. I feel like at least my approach to things like if I were to do anything else would somewhat be about the same you know if I were to be like a banker or mm-hmm. a lawyer not saying that I can those are incredibly hard jobs one can hope but <laughs> but like the approach should be the same like if I were to be a chef I mean a chef is a pretty creative job too. it is and if I would be a chef like the approaches that I would take would still be the same you know like it would still be about experimenting and playing and flavors and tastes and the experience that's how I look at it but you don't call a chef an artist necessarily in the same mm-hmm. way, like a chef, I think it's also like, I'm a painter. Uh, right? <laughs> it's like, like pastry chef, yep. sous chef. Yep, I mean, yep, yep. yeah, you know. But like it's just for the sake of simplification. Is this, there's actually yeah, a lot yeah, more yeah. depth. There's so much more like depth that. to yep. it. You know, like people are highly nuanced individuals. Yeah. All right. Everybody has a narrative. Everybody has a story. There's always some depth to a person, whether we want to see otherwise or not. And... Like, yeah, it's the same thing with, with me, I think. Yeah. You mentioned I, language just now. So in contextualizing that particular 
statement or yeah. categorization, what would be your verb and your nouns and your sentence structure right now? With regards to? Your practice. My practice. Uh, yeah. Like. Because you have a wide uh, array of uh, stuff. Like just going through your socials and your websites. Um, what are the tools that you employ to, to tell um, your concepts and your ideas? Uh, what are my tools? Well, I'm a, I'm a visual artist, so therefore visuals. I I think at least like I mean I'm not big on social media or anything. In fact, like I don't know, like I don't really know how to do it, social media. But but what I do like to do is I just like to put the picture there, and then I like people to think whatever they want to think of it. Okay. So without setting too much premise. Yeah, in the same way, like. I mean, when I make my works, I know there's going to be pictures taken of them, right? In the same way, like, I think, like, no matter what we do to some certain degree, we know, like, there's going to be a picture taken of it because that's the, that's the, that's the world we live in now, right? Mm -hmm. We love taking pictures of things. We love documenting and consolidating our memories. But would that thought inform the way you create? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. I think, like, as a I mean even before I started working with lights um yeah even before I started working with lights I was already I already used the camera to look at my painting sometimes what do you mean by that so as I paint I'll look at it with my eyes and then I'll whip out a camera and look at it on a camera it's different right it's different it's totally different yeah it's completely different and I love that personally. It's like, oh shit, yeah, like pictures look different on cameras, even different types of cameras. Mm-hmm. Like pictures between film cameras and digital cameras, like mirrorless cameras or whatever, like they look different. I, I thought that was really like quite fantastic, really. Like, um, that like perception of the same thing captured differently creates a different experience. Mm hmm. And that's what I like to. That's what I like to do. It's not saying that like, oh, I'll create another artwork from the same artwork, but is that like the inherent part of how we consume information through, you know, screens is just a way of life, and that's something that like I fully appreciate. And I also know that my work is very difficult to consume via a picture. Your work is very difficult to consume via picture. Yeah, Would a video a, help or does it have no, to be experienced in person? Because it's a, well, it's about what it does to the space that you're in. Okay. My work is essentially exploring how the correlative relationship between a two-dimensional surface and a three-dimensional fa- uh, three-dimensional space creates like an experience bubble or an experience environment mm-hmm. and can change with it, right? So like a very simplistic way of putting it, it's like I have this energy that I apply onto a painting, a canvas. It could be like, you could look at it literally like chemical potential energy. I put like strength and energy Mm. into a brushstroke. Mm. Or you can look at it as a type of like spiritual energy, if you want to say that. Or like personal energy, personal affectations of like an individual that, goes into an abstraction and then you can look at like the three-dimensional space as the lights that i use 
lights are waveforms and they fill mm. the space and energy disrupts like perceptions of things you know you have like a heat wave and the heat wave literally starts to create a mirage yep, yep. and in the same way the light then the the different waveforms so the different colored lights affects the different colors you see on the painting so everything is intentional to to is the word disrupt yeah it's almost yep. like saying like you'll never be able to fully experience my work if you're looking at it through a cam to mm-hmm. a, to a camera yeah which is like dude I, lo- I love that man it's like people <laughs> are like oh your work's so hard to photograph it'd be like yeah 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 it is you know and and maybe some people would be like oh that's a terrible sales point because you're like <laughs> but that's authentic to you isn't it yeah yeah it's very much what i'm trying to explore yeah at least like as a concept right with my work so yeah yeah like that's super fun like oh shit yeah like, haha you'll never really be able to like <laughs> you know haha jokes on you better come from my shows so what in in as of right now what conceptual tools might you be looking to explore to add to this toolkit you have right now well i mean like oh dude so much (laughs) i want i like the idea of like not illusion but perception that creates that sensation of an illusion the fuck right the fuck right (laughs) because like because like when you let's say let's say like let's take a concept of like movement Mm-hmm. we have receptors that give us that impression of movement. It could be sound. Yep, 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 yep. It could be visual. Yep. It could be kinetic. Mm-hmm. Now imagine if you could simulate that. Wouldn't it be like wind? <laughs> Maybe it could be wind. Maybe it could be even without any movement mm-hmm. other than the perception of energy that creates that sensation of movement. So due to X, you're just imagining things changing or moving not necessarily even imagining it's your brain that okay. is telling you you're moving okay but you could be stationary that's see that's illusory right that's mm-hmm. like illusions essentially yep. you're yep. like playing with like you know whatever so how much of drugs do your the the people who go to your next show <laughs> need to take before they can go in see, if you need to take drugs to go to my show <laughs> but if you <laughs> If you if you are like actually so many people ask me like oh yeah dude you must like you must like totally be tripping out when you make a painting like no that's not true like I I'm never you're I'm listening never, to the news sir. yeah like oh god actually during lockdown yeah Channel News Asia live from YouTube like on the background today and then, we like, have three hundred reported cases yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like music blasting and then like a movie playing like that's the way I work you know like oh so much fucking stimulus right yeah yeah but but we like for sure like that's it like I mean. There are a lot of reasons why I chose this career and a lot of it is because of who I am. You know, like ADHD, dyslexia. I mean, ADD, not ADHD, but I don't, I don't know what the term is now. They like kind of melded together. But yeah, yeah, like all these things. Like, I need a lot of stimulus when I work, you know, and I love it that way. There's like so many things. I'm like... You've I learned like, how to work with it. Yeah, I've learned how to like embrace those different aspects of yeah, me. Yeah. And like, build a life around that where it doesn't have to feel like I'm dejected because of it mm. because the way I think is different mm. 
or because I read fucking slow because it's just like yeah. you know, or like the fact that it's so hard for me to like pay attention or like sometimes even look a person in the eye as I'm talking to them <laughs> because I need to like dart my eyes around to look at different things when I think like yeah like I kind of like just embrace it right like yeah that's me it's my you know yeah um but yes yeah like with all my work same so i've seen um the scale of work that you have done some of it is uh, huge projections on uh, i guess the facades of buildings and down mm-hmm. to the fact that in the show it's a very closed off area yeah. so in conceptualizing the pieces for these uh, types of uh, works is it is it any different because scale is something that not many artists might have the privilege of doing. Mm. Yeah, especially yeah. if you're blowing up to like a facade, you're, you're, you're projecting yeah. it down yeah. to having like uh, A2, A3 piece. I yeah. think yeah. it's... How, yeah. how does scale inform your work? Oh, yeah. That's an intense question, man. Um, see, like... Okay, with those two examples, right? Like the projections that were on the National Gallery and the the solo show that was in a room, both of which I cannot visualize. What do you mean you cannot visualize? I can imagine, but I'll never be able to see it. I'm never going to be able to work on something that's as big. I can't like work on my fucking iPad and then like look at the side of the building and draw, at least when I did that. Okay. So okay. when I, when I like, you know, made that piece on my iPad and my computer, it was essentially like my experiences like you know i've done i've seen works of scale i've done works like similar to that ish and then you think you think about that and they become you know it's not conscious thought again it's like oh yeah i i know this part needs to be big the contrast needs to feel like this because it's not going to be consumed like that but you don't think about it like that at least i didn't think of it Mm -hmm. like that i was like oh yeah it's just like, oh, yeah, it has to be big. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I need to detail here. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah this color, this color. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. You know, okay. it's like, yeah, yeah, it kind of feels like that. And when when I was doing like my solo show, which is in a, like the gallery space, yep. it's like, as I was making these works, I'm never really going to be able to look at them in full scale together, especially with light. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I can't do a one-for-one mock-up yep. of the exhibition anywhere. I can't even do a scale mock-up. I couldn't even because do a miniature the because yeah. of lights. Yeah. You know? And the intent so there's a certain amount of like you don't know what the fuck is gonna happen. So you were surprised when, when you saw everything come together as well. Yeah, but that's but I think that's the nature of my work, right? Like the context changes the how you see the work. Mm. And that's something that like I fully appreciate, you know. I guess maybe some you could critique that by saying like, oh, but then as an artist you're never in full control of mm. the experience. Mm true but as a person are you ever in full control of your life <laughs> oh yeah like you know we make the decisions that we, we we can but you know and i think it's the same thing that yeah it's this like it's i i, I pretty much look at everything in the same way you know so like, you're rolling the dice 
you set that's up a, the conditions. That's a particular way to say it. You set up the, the condition yeah. so that you might roll six. There's a high probability you roll six, yeah, but yeah, there's always yeah. a chance you roll. Like, I know my light <laughs> one. is gonna fill the space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How is it gonna fill the space? I don't fucking know. <laughs> is that cool? Yeah, that's cool. You know, like that. Oh, like that's wonder. Yeah, you know, that's like the whole process is an experimentation. The whole process from putting the paint on the palette, turning the light on, going to the light shop and like Mm -hmm. contacting your suppliers and like, yo, what stock you got, right? And like installing the work, showing the work, opening day, people coming in, people looking at the works. The whole thing is an experimental process. That's so exciting, you know? And I, I really don't like, I don't know. I don't think anyone can take that away from me because it's like, that is something that I love. You know, it's like that idea of like, you're so uncertain until it's there and you're like, damn. So this is what it looks like. It's it's interesting you mentioned it because I can imagine for some people, being an artist ends when you submit the work and not anything that comes after. Yeah. 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 I mean, I I, (laughs) like, Shit, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, even after the show is done. Yeah. You know, conversations like this, talking about the show, is like, yeah. yeah. It, it, does it really ever end? It Does it have to end? You know, like, it's a very pragmatic way of looking at the world. Mm. Once it works off the off the walls, the show ends. But, you know, it's like that, that, that like, saying, like, you die twice when, you're, when your body dies mm-hmm. and then when someone says your name for the last time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the same thing. Right, like memories or like conversations, ideas about about something intangible, like an artwork or like something physical and not with a per- like not like a person, but like you know something like an experience can like live on and like the last iteration. Longer, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's cool. That's so exciting, right? I, like, yeah, you know. And I like talking to people about not just my shows, but like other people's shows. Before they happen, after they happen, mm. while they happen, that's cool. That's cool. Like ex- you know, experiences don't necessarily end when when the show ends. In the same way that like the experience of a person doesn't necessarily end when their body dies. Mm. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Fully. Yeah. So I'm just curious to know. Um, how do you marry the idea of commerce with regards to art together meaning let's say you let's say a client engages you yeah what comes first and how do you tailor your practice according to what the client is engaging you for because the client might not yeah. understand yeah all these things that yeah. you're trying to, to portray because I think those are for like your solo work yeah 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 for sure no no for sure um I think it depends on the nature of how they approach me or, or what they approach me for. Like if through email saying, or whatever. What yeah, like, like, no, 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 no. As in like, as in like <laughs> if, they, if they're like, oh, we want to commission a piece from you. You know, we, we like this style of work. That's pretty straightforward, right? Like, oh, okay. Like it's already a part of me. It's something that I can explore because it's something I've explored before. Yep. You know, that's pretty straightforward. I, you know, it gets complicated when you're like, oh, okay, we want to collaborate on something, right? And collaboration means comp, and like in some people's compromise. Means compromise. <laughs> the C word. <laughs> the 
the nasty C. No, but it's not. I don't see it as a bad thing. Mm. You know, collaboration is about putting two minds together. Mm-hmm. You know, why would I see collaboration with an artist, another artist, or another person, doesn't even need to be an artist, as any different from a brand? First and foremost, if I'm not thinking of money. If you're not thinking of money. If I am thinking of money, then that's just being, you know, that's reparations for the effort and the work that I put in mm-hmm. for the returns that you get through our con- our, our our collaboration. You know? Mm-hmm. It's the same. Like, if I were to collaborate with another artist and we're going to sell the works, then it's like, I got to think of the reparations that I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. It's fair. You know? So, I don't see it as, like, a dirty thing or I don't see it as a different thing. I see it as opportunity opportunity to collaborate with another identity except this time this identity has tons of people behind it that's so much more that's so wild yeah right yeah. like you've got all these brands all these people they're like oh sh-. like like there has to be a collective interest in 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 me or my work or any artist and their work to to even like start that conversation that's great and when you when you're working through all these things you're doing these meetings you're having these back and forth that's the collaborative process you know like it's no different from how i would do it with another person the the emulation of it like the the types of conversations the way you have these conversations sure they're different in the same way we have different conversations with everybody we meet Mm. so like i i don't I've never seen it as an active effort that I had to put on top of anything else in my work. It's just like something that I love. I love collaborating with people because they expand my my perspectives. And when I work with brands or I work with commercial clientele, it's the same thing. It's like, it's just another collaboration. It's a back and forth. They have their identity attached to it. I have my identity attached to it. The point of collaboration is merging these identities together to create something new and exciting. And that's what I love. You know, I don't think of myself as inherently superior or, you know, as my vision as uncompromising in that sense because it is better or different or I need to stick to my branding. Mm. Like, sure, yeah, I have to consider, like, whether I'm going to bend over backwards for someone and I'm going to, like, you know, do, like, a weird thing that is not something... I'm trying to do with my work. Yeah, sure. That's I they're they're bottom lines, right? You can't cross those bottom yeah, lines. Yeah. But yeah, I you know, and I think for the most part, no one's like if someone's gonna contact me and they'll be like, Hey, can you paint a family portrait for me? <laughs> I'm like I would love to, but I don't do portraits. You know? Yep. And if I did, you're probably not gonna like it. <laughs> so like, you know, like let me recommend you to someone else. Yeah, yeah. Who can give you what you want. So it's about knowing your strengths and your weaknesses as well. Or your limits, it's, really. Yeah, yeah. It's like it like it's about no it's about understanding your relationship with the other person. Yep. Right. Like if they are looking for something particular that that they want that you know you aren't, then there's no point that, that you know, like if and then there's no point for me to take on take on that 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 job mm. yeah because it's not just about the money you know what is it about then? it's about that relationship you know I'm not gonna make false promises to a person that is like has told me what they want that I know I cannot do or I know that I don't want to do so 
that that's it you know and somebody else out there some other artists with what they want they're gonna be a much better fit i'll totally push them that way you know it's not about like i'm not trying to like yeah hustle <laughs> i mean hustle is important but yeah like i'm not gonna like I think it's about what you put out into the world. And if if this this person that can collaborate better with this other artist is going to put something way better out into the world than me mm-hmm. because their relationship at least in my my impression fits better. Mm. Yeah, for sure I'll let that happen. Did this you come know, over gonna, time? Sorry? Or did this did this mentality develop over time because I would imagine with your practice, your visual practice of it being a little bit more abstract and intangible, uh, clients might not understand that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. It definitely came with time. I mean, not just my experiences, but observing other people's experiences. You know, when you're young and you need money, yes. you know, money, money is very important growing up, especially you learn autonomy and all these things. You like I've seen people take on jobs that they really shouldn't have uh, because it wasn't a good fit. It was like, they were already like, people were already demarcating lines that, you know, were beyond people's bottom line. And then that leads to a very unhappy relationship. Mm. You know, you get a unhappy artwork with an unhappy artist with an unhappy client. It's all or collaborator. <laughs> yeah. And then everybody loses. Then for what? You know, and yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not like throwing shade on anybody that tries. Definitely try. Mm-hmm. You know, we all need to make these experiences. We all need to make these mistakes. But I think it's like you have to take away from those mistakes, and you have to to walk away, allowing it to make you a better, like a better artist a better professional better person hmm. yeah has there been sure. instances where you didn't want to do it anymore because it was getting a little bit tough a little bit tight and uh, like an artist yeah uh not do it anymore but i was like i want to put more things on my plate what do you mean so it's like like uh like oh i want to I want to try this. I want to try that. I want to like, maybe if I do this, I can earn more money for sure. Like, okay, okay, maybe this is more pragmatic. I could earn some extra cash here, extra cash there, but it's never been like, oh, I'm going to start being an artist. Okay. Yeah, never. Um, not since I was 17, I guess. Why the tenacity? Oh, no, man. It's not a tenacity, dude. It's like, a, it's just straight up like a itch. So it's not even a career then? <laughs> well, what is a career, right? This is just something a word that we yeah, use we'll to define. Yeah, we'll say it's a profession. You pick up, you choose the character, you get a certain amount of stats. <laughs> sure, yeah, but are we born with a certain number of stats, Kevin? You're gonna be like, I want ten thousand creativity. Didn't your parents and like like, like twenty two strength? <laughs> you know, like, like one dex. <laughs> like, well, yeah, twenty two strength. You know? You're like, you don't get to choose that, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, so like. Sure, career, right? You want to like, I'm going to define career. But like, I, I think like with what I was saying earlier, it's like c- career was for me to define. Okay. You know, and that's, yeah, that's awesome. Maybe someone's, you know, like maybe a job would be like, okay, you can't moonlight, right? You what? You can't moonlight. What the fuck is cut moonlight? You can't moonlight. Oh, you can't moonlight. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. So 
like <clears throat> you can't yeah you, you know um, sure that limits your career but you're kind of I would imagine are you open to such a possibility let's say for example mm. yeah there comes a time in the near future or in the future that it there's a there's a realistic possibility of you getting a 9 to 5 or a 9 to 6 like a proper full time job yeah yeah is that something that you're open to as well you know it's like Batman Bruce Wayne and Are you day. trying to make the, the comparison the that night. you are Bruce Wayne? Because <laughs> I didn't catch I? that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. If I did a 9 to 5, then guess what? I would probably just be like thinking of making work from like 6 to 12. <laughs> right? Like, that's the truth. That's okay. the truth. Okay. So like, it's like, oh, what's your career? It'd be like, yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm doing this and and an artist. And it'll just be like, yeah, it's like, I'll make it up for myself, you know? Because I don't believe like a career defines a person. Mm. I, I, I believe that a person can let their career define them should they want to, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, yeah, but I think it's really like, there is more to life than career. I just chose like being an artist because the artworks I make is defined by me and I'm not defined by my the works I make. And I think that's that's why art is special, right? Because like the works are very much like this like correlative relationship. This back and forth, like yeah. So for sure. I mean like no, no, I would I don't think I could stop making works. <laughs> Even if I wanted to. You know? Even if you wanted like, to. Like, no, my hands, stop it. <laughs> You just, back, you, you just know? wake up in the middle and then you start painting a canvas. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, oh, shit. Oh. Okay, wait. That actually happens, though. That actually happens. That actually happens, though. It's like, you know, you're like, what was the story oh, to I'm so like comfy. I'm cozy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're like lying there and then you're like, oh. And then your, your brain starts like doing that thing where it won't shut up. Okay. You know, and then they're like, oh, fuck it. And you get out of bed and you like start like doodling shit or like, you know, drawing on an iPad, drawing on a drawing on a sketchbook drawing on like whatever the fuck you can get your hands on and yeah you know it's just one of those things I think for me yeah like I can't really help it Mm. my process is slow it's not saying like I'm like I have a problem (laughs) (laughs) you know I have like some sort of addiction (laughs) but um yeah like I'm always thinking about it you know, I'm thinking about thought, I'm thinking yeah. about ideas, thinking about the way we look at the world, thinking yeah. about like blah, 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 blah. I think that's just who I am. Like, so, so, so there is a constant chatter or there's a constant dialogue between yourselves inside with regards to these different topics. Yeah, it's less a voice in my head. It's more like a puzzle. Loud speaker? Oh, a what? A puzzle. A uh, puddle. Oh, puddle. It's more like a little puddle. <laughs> it's a puzzle, okay. It's a puzzle, yeah. It's a puzzle. It's a puzzle that like, that is like a web. Fair enough. And you know, like the are it's we, kind of like are we talking about the five hundred piece or the thousand piece? Or dude, it's more like <sighs> it's more like a puddle. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 kind of like the uh, you know the butterfly effect, right? Like a butterfly flaps its wings, and then like a tornado yep. happens somewhere else. So it's like like when you drop a rock into a, a puddle, it creates ripples, mm-hmm. and then now imagine like all these like rocks falling into the into the into this like puddle right and all these ripples and these ripples meet and they create more ripples that's how i think okay yeah so it's like everything becomes like a cause and effect chain but it's not a chain because a chain implies a line it's more like a web 
Okay. Yeah. Does that mean that you're the spider? <laughs> it means that I... Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. So th- there is a common thread, uh, or at least for what I noticed with regards to your work, that there is always a spectrum of colors that you use. So yeah. in going on from that thought, um, are there colors that you actively don't use? Uh. And... um. Why? Why the colors that you use? So, yeah, somebody, somebody actually asked me once, "What's your favorite color?" And I was like, "Chili." Oh, spicy! No, but it was like, yeah, what is my favorite color? And I was like, no, 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 I'm not interested in a color because I don't identify with a color. <laughs> but I am interested in the in betweens of color. Wow, it sounds like so pretentious, but it's like it is pretty pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks, man. This is super interesting. Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's like like if I were to put like red and blue together, yeah. it's like what does that feel like? What does that feel like yeah. and not oh, look like, like? And then suddenly you put it next to yellow, and it feels different, right? Okay. Or you put it next to like green. Fair enough. And then and then they all kind of like have a different relationship. That that is exciting. So you right? think colors is alive? I think our perception of colors is alive, but I also think very interestingly is because possibly our experience of colors are all different. I agree. Right? Yep. Like, you know, like, like, uh, uh, some people have color deficiency, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, oh, what, what? How do you? Oh, color blindness. Oh, color blindness. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and you're like, whoa, your reality is different from mine. You know, like, oh shit. You're like, what does that look like? I'm never going to fucking know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. I'm never, or at least I might know what that looks like. I've never known, I'm never not, I'm never going to know what living that kind of life is like. Exactly. So it's the experience. Yeah. So it's the experience of this like relationship between colors. And that's why I love using so much colors. And that's why like, when I use colors, I like to like saturate the colors. I like to like really like explore that kind of like depth and then like you can do that with paint but then like shit let's throw in a whole other color spectrum in there let's use light you know and like the light color spectrum is different from the paint color spectrum and you're like bam and it's this like incredulous experience of like explosion of colors so do you take color theory and you poo poo over it well i don't poo poo all over it (laughs) but i might pee pee on it okay just a little bit of (laughs) disrespect just a little well i mean it's like you can't really defile the color theory because it's kind of like it's there for you to play with okay right it it, it is what works yeah you know you can't say like you put two lego pieces together wrong you can put two lego pieces together wrong but like shit isn't that the whole point of lego is like to like play and like you know, like, let your imagination go wild. Not if like, you're trying to make the fucking van. <laughs> yeah, but, like, vans are boring. No, I, I love vans. Actually, I do. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's true. Like, yeah, we could do things to, like, achieve outcomes we want. I could put a painting together to look like something. Sure. But, like, what am I really trying to do with paint? What am I really trying to do with the idea of painting? What mm-hmm. am I really trying to do with the idea of colors? You know, like, I don't see light as light I see light as painting because how we look at paint you know like one of the first things you learn when you're painting you're learning how to paint is how you look at light how light affects that right yep, yep, the yep, impressionists yep. were renowned for that kind of stuff just like take that idea that like maybe light could be used as a type of painting maybe it could you know 
it, it like in, in the case of my works like the lights change how you see the colors of on the canvas is that not painting so it's just a it's just not being too um hung up on what paint actually is and just having like an open mind with regards to how you want to approach yeah. it yeah or like trying to like redefine stuff you know re-explore and experiment with with the idea of something yeah does does skirting the boundaries and I guess exploring to what extent these types of definitions and categories does it excite you as uh, a creator and as an artist oh yeah for sure I think that's the entire point of the career for me yeah cause like I never want to be in a position where I just start regurgitating stuff even your old even your old stuff yeah Okay. Like, I, I don't want to regurgitate stuff. Well, I'm not, I can't. I, I think even if you ask me to, like, do another, like, like replicate my painting, I, I'll be like, I, I wish I knew how to. I can't. But you said, you you mentioned that your, your practice is more intuitive. Mm. I want you to explain a little bit on that because there is always the, the idea of the, you, you paint with feelings and everything. But what, what does that mean to uh, you? Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. Counterpoint. So I don't pay my feelings. Yeah, okay. You pay with what? <laughs> um, yeah. Good question. What? Uh, yeah, okay. I don't apply feelings into my paintings. Usually, usually like, you know, like the idea is that like you pour all these things onto the canvas and then ta-da, artwork, right? It's very, very much the reverse for me, actually. Like usually when I approach a painting, it's very blank. It's as blank as the canvas itself. So okay. it starts with like, like oh, color. Maybe it's like yellow. <laughs> it could be as boring as yellow. It's, well, yellow is not a boring color, but there's so many colors yellow and I'll just take something and then I'll apply it. Okay. Right, it could be a mark. It could be a shape, whatever, right? Starting point, departure point. Mm. And then it's counterpoint. It's like, oh, what about this? Let's put orange here. Like, oh, what if it this? It's like a little bit of pink, you know? And like, oh yeah, I love this relationship. I just wipe it away. You're like, oh man. That feels horrible, right? <laughs> and then you exp- you expand, right? It's like all this like reaction and mm. counterpoint and like just like articulating on an idea or the inverse of an idea and then just letting it go where it needs to go. And then at the end of it, you, you know, like maybe like when I'm done, which could be like two days or like two months or yeah, two yep, years, yep. you know, I'd sit, a- sit at it and I look at it and be like, huh, you know, why did I do this? Why do I feel like, why does it make me feel like this? And then in, in that sense, it's like, I never put, or I never consciously put the feelings into it, but it it tends to show me a lot of things. Like yeah. I realized, like I was going through a very turbulent time. I made this picture with all these lights. Mm. I realized that when I'm very, when I feel very disturbed, when I feel very uncomfortable and unhappy and sad, or these like negative kind of sort of emotions, the work comes out very clean which is quite the opposite. It I is think. quite the opposite. Yeah, yeah. It comes out clean. It comes out defined. So it's like uh, very sharp, very angular. Yeah. Are we talking about you get like that? You get like neat lines. Okay. Which is like weird, right? You're trying to find yeah. order? <laughs> I, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. So see, that's the, that's the cool part, right? You're like, oh, why? Mm-hmm. And then, and then I feel as much an audience as any audience would feel an audience, you know? And I like, I like that my, my work is like that. I like that my work is somewhat, Not so much introspective, but like retrospective. Do you record yourself while you're monologuing or is it all in your head? 
Yeah, it's all in my head. I think for maybe your fifth solo show, yeah. you should all have blank canvases, but yeah. it's all audio recordings of you monologuing this wow. stroke, that stroke. Wow. So, the, uh, so, the, wow. so the people viewing can imagine it, but it's a blank canvas. Right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. Kevin, you should be an artist. Well, <laughs> I can be your manager. You can be my manager. You're going to start telling me what to do. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kevin. I'm your host. <laughs> we have a very special guest with us today. Very, very special. Guest. So I'm curious to know what 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 motivates you to to keep on creating. Oh, um, money? No, life. I think it's like like every time like you know you try. It doesn't even need to be something new. You just try something mm-hmm. under a different context, different pretense. And you're like, oh damn, you know. It it already starts to like bleed into who I am. The works just come naturally. The works are like that itch, you know. The works are like that. Itch. It's like walking into a mosquito farm and then getting bitten, uh, but allowing yourself to get it wa- allowing yourself to walk in there and get bitten by mosquitoes, and then after that, scratching it. The scratching it is like the painting. This is a horrible analogy. The scratching it is like a painting. I think if you were to die, let's say tomorrow, you'll be remembered for that particular sentence. I think that's yeah. a very profound sentence. I'm going to get a lot of shit for it, but whatever. What? I'm going to get a lot of shit for it, but whatever. Why? <laughs> it's like mosquitoes, dude, for real. Seriously. <laughs> but, but I think it goes back into your idea of redefining what, uh, I won't say language, but what particular words mean, like what is paint or what yeah. is light because yeah. you are in your particular practice, it seems like you're trying to conflate the two. You're trying to blur the boundaries between uh, light as paint and paint as light. And I think that is a very interesting way of of looking at things. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it goes without saying to like, even the way like we look at things, right? Like, you know, again, perceptual precepts, right? Mm. These precepts are, are how we define our reality for ourselves. Yeah, it's about like exploring that. Like, you know, if... You change the context of something and then suddenly your the way you look at it becomes different, then your understanding of it becomes different, your reality becomes mm-hmm. different. It's it's as simple as that, I think. Like the idea that I'm trying to explore. It's a very difficult concept to try to like emulate in something physical and tangible, like an artwork. Mm. But it is something that I, I cannot help but like look into anyways, because that's really the way I look at like the world around me. Mm. But yeah. even the idea, even the idea of it manifesting into the artwork, it's kind of like a drop in the ocean. In a way, it's kind of insignificant in a sense because if let's say if it's like one out of, let's say you live to, I don't know, 80, you create like 5,000 more that is yeah. quite insignificant in a sense. Yeah, like I'm not, I've never really been like, like too caught up with like significant. Okay. You know, I just want to create an experience that allows people to think or feel or allows people full stop does it does that wanting to to create an experience does it reflect back to yourself as well when you're when you're when you're doing it yeah yeah for sure you know like it's an experience for me to Mm. make the works it's an experience for me to look at the works Mm. it's an experience for me to install it and then subsequently look at how people receive it yeah they're all very very important parts i think um and the conversations that come out after it so so intense so it's satisfactory in that sense um yeah yeah you could say so yeah because like if i get satisfaction out of a life lived 
being able to try. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. I think yeah. outside of this um, artistic pen, I'm just curious to know are there any particular sayings, writings, or philosophies that has informed the way you think of the world? Yeah. Yeah. Two words. Just try. I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, uh, sayings. Hmm. Sayings, sentences, uh, people, mentors. Yeah, yeah. What has helped you uh, make... What, what has helped you make things clear? Oh, okay. Oh, this is cheesy. But I love I love I love this guy. Um his name his name is Matthew McConaughey. Alright, alright, alright. I'm know? I'm not okay. so familiar. Okay, Matthew McConaughey, he's an actor. Okay. He gave a he gave a speech. I think it was for Oscars for I can't remember. He gave a speech and he talked about um who his hero was. Okay. And this was a good speech. So essentially, like he said, his hero was him in ten years. Right, I think it was young, maybe like fifteen. I don't know. Let's make up an arbitrary age. Yeah, fifteen. And then when he was twenty, he was twenty-five. The same person asked him, "So are you your hero yet?" And he said, "No, nowhere close. My hero is still me in ten years." Mm-hmm. You know. And that's that's it. Like I, that really sticks with me because it's not any end goal that you're trying to achieve. It's not any end state, but it's rather this idea that you are constantly chasing and you're constantly pursuing an idea of what you could be. Mm. You know the ideals that you hold for yourself, and and the aspirations that you will always continue to grow and have. I think that that is like very special. So that is stuck out to you? Very much so. Very, very much so, yeah. Because he, do you know why it stuck out to you? Yeah, because I, I, I don't like, I don't like things being ultimate, I think. I think I like things being like a conversation that you can constantly have and allowing things the space to grow, mm. allowing things the space to like develop. And, you know, sometimes endings feel like endings, but, like we don't have we don't really have that i think or we're not really in control of that of endings sometimes yeah mm? you know sure yeah you say you could like end a relationship with a loved one yeah but it doesn't really mean the end of a relationship unfortunately not things are not that simple there is mm. always uh things don't work or things don't function as how we want them to. Yeah. There is no. always uh what's the word for it? Things would always roll over for X amount of time, X amount of yeah, duration. Yeah. There will always be it's yeah, not like yeah. a, a straight cut, basically. Yeah, and even the memory of that person or that relationship mm. will carry on, you know? That's that's great. Yeah. That's that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess yeah. in closing, I just want to know what was something that you consumed recently? that surprised you uh consumed yep not food wise but i guess media something you watch like a tiktok video you saw yourself and you got surprised Uh yeah uh consume wow that's hmm. i don't know dude yeah 
I mean, you, you're the one who started the podcast saying that you are constantly being faced by four screens. Oh, yeah, that's why it's so hard to answer. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, so what have you consumed? And it was like, all this fucking like yeah. information overload. Yeah. That comes in. But what was something, okay, let's to, to, to broaden that question a little bit. What was something that perhaps someone said recently that you didn't take to at first, but after a while you realized that, hey, that's true. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> wait sorry I'm trying to put this thought together it's a bit um random uh, random elevator music coming in <laughs> okay uh, I think it was that firstly that that um Oh man, I really don't know how to explain this. Okay. Song and dance. That it's not necessarily about having an answer for everything. Mm-hmm. But was about having a good argument for it. Yeah, I know. That's, I'm a bit like, stumped here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a little bit of like a weird thing to wrap your head around. Um but um So how how did you feel when you first heard that? Yeah, I was like you know, I think it like it's it's very inherent like to live a life where you need to get answers. You need to feel like In there control. is an answer to something, to yeah, everything. An answers are like a control, like you you have yeah, yeah, control over yeah, something. Yeah. You know, like there is like an, I know if like, I open the door later, the door will open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what if we open or the door like, later, the door doesn't open? Yeah, or like <laughs> can you open that door and then you're like I don't know. Can you? You know, like, like you're like, what the fuck? And then, and then you, now you want to open, try to open the door. Yeah, but it's like, it's like that. It was. I think. I think the point of it was that, or at least the takeaway that I got oh, from from this convers that conversation was that it wasn't so much that there was an answer for everything, right? It could be as abstract concept like, is there, is there a moral truth? A moral truth. Okay. To which, you know, how the fuck are you going to know what the moral truth is? But, exactly. <laughs> but there could be an argument for it. And the argument for it will lead to a, an amazing conversation. Yes. Right? Or like... uh, like At least there, a showcase of both ideals. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, is there an inherent right and wrong? Or is there... Is there are there aliens on Mars again? <laughs> you know, <laughs> is there you know like? But it's not so much the I think the answer, but it's the argument, the conversation that is special, right? Mm-hmm. It's like can you imagine you 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 lead your life wondering, like, ha- meeting all these people, having all these conversations, and these like these things that fire you up about the curiosities you have about the universe, and then some. You meet you meet this this person, right? And then you you have this conversation with them. You don't even get to have the conversation, and they just go up to you and they're like, "Yes." <laughs> then what? And then the movie ends. Yeah, and you're like, okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, like yeah. I I really like sure. You know, like it's great to define your life. It's great to like f- like, you know, if you have need- a sense of security, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you need to like, you know wrap your head around things like it's good go for it right if it helps you lead your life but i think like that's the point you need to lead lead your life but do you think but wouldn't that mean that because having a sense of 
I think it's the word between assurance and security with regards to knowing how things work and stuff, having a, a certain level of mastery. Let's let's talk about skills, but having a certain level of knowledge, do you think that feeds the ego more? Because if having not having an answer to things, it feels like it just feels like chaos. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be chaos. Okay. I think that's that's at least I think in my mind. Mm. You know, like uncertainty is very inherent in everybody I think mm, you never enough. really you know you can't read the future you don't know what's gonna happen yep. it's just like embracing that embracing the uncertainty yeah yeah Even and letting it take you where it needs to take you despite the anxiety that comes with it so that's the part that we need to work on right we need you can't change the future without knowing what's gonna happen mm. but you can like work on your perspectives I'm, I'm not saying I don't have anxiety of course I have anxiety I think like a lot of people in Singapore have anxiety um, a lot of people in the world have anxiety yep. and that's something that we can work on we can work on ourselves you know but that's the point you know it's the conversation it's not about the answer mm. yeah it's about how good an argument you can have yeah. alright this has been a juicy, juicy conversation. Can you please plug your socials? Plug, uh, where can people find you? You can find me. Oh no. Okay, choose an answer correctly. All right. You can <laughs> find me uh, if you're up for my nonsense at Nikris on Instagram. What the fuck is Nikris? Can you spell it? N-E-E-K-R-U-Z. Uh, if you're interested in my work, you can follow me at God, do I even remember my handle? Nicholas Ong Studio. <laughs> Nicholas Ong underscore studio. <laughs> I think. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Nicholas Ong underscore studio. This um, this yeah. this just shows how badly he needs a manager. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> anybody. <laughs> is there any... Do you have a website? I do have a website. Website is nicholasongstudio.com. Okay. That one's easier. to remember. So after everything you just said over the past two hours, why the, why the bland name? Why the bland name? I don't know. Because I'm... I guess I... I'm not very good with names. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry I couldn't come up with something like Cosmic Children or uh, well, Tell Your Children. I mean, dude, 21 Moonstone was named after the little address. The little address. <laughs> it was the address. Oh my God. Okay, yeah. do you have anything upcoming that you want to to uh, plug? No, come follow me and then see what I'm up to. Mystery, surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> he might be available on OnlyFans. Okay, um, thank you for the conversation and thank you for the time, Nick. No, thank you very much, Kevin. You are my special pancake. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and feel inspired. If you enjoyed what you heard thus far, do give us a follow on Instagram. And don't forget to share and subscribe. Stay tuned for the next episode.